Hello, everyone. This is Melinda Russell with Racing Girls Rock Podcast, sponsored by the International Women's Motorsports Association and Racing Junk. So today, my guest is now a lady that I call my friend, because once I meet you, then now you're my friend. We actually met through LinkedIn, and um, as it typically is, as you hear almost every time I do an interview, I usually have met my women that I talk to through social media. And what a good thing it is for what I've done. I've met some of the most amazing women, and Stacy is one of them. I think we started talking um, when we met in Michigan. We met at the Michigan International Speedway in August. She was one of the guests on the panel for my event. We had only talked through social media. And when we met that day and started talking, it was like we'd known each other a long time. And that's just the kind of person that she is. She just makes you feel comfortable and makes you feel like you've been her friend for a long time. So I'm very excited to have her as my guest today. Stacy is a producer, if I'm getting this correctly, but she'll tell us, a producer with Motor Racing Network. And if you're involved with racing at all, you know what that is. And so we're going to say MRN the rest of the interview. But Stacy, welcome to the show. Thanks. I'm really excited to be here again. Um, it was a great chance to talk to you in Michigan. And I think what you're doing for uh, especially younger girls is just a tremendous effort. And I wish that somebody was out there paving the road like you are when I was small. So really appreciate what you're doing for all those girls out there. Well, I appreciate those kind words. So um, Stacy, why don't we start with a little bit of background? Tell us a little bit about yourself, your family, where you live, and then um, you can go right into how you got involved in the racing community. Well, um, as you can tell by my accent, I grew up in the state of Tennessee um, near Dollywood. Uh, that's the most uh, popular thing near uh, where I live. Um, and I grew up in a very small town, um, but I had aspirations to do great things. Um, even when I was small, I wanted to be an astronaut. So can you dream bigger than an astronaut? But uh, that didn't work out so much, so I went into being a radio DJ, and then I decided, you know, I kind of like this motorsports stuff. So when I started going to school, um, I started doing internships. Um, I went to Walter State Community College in Morristown, Tennessee, and did an internship. Um, and that's where I met Rusty Wallace for the very first time. That's where I met Jeff Gordon for the very first time. And Jeff Gordon was actually just starting at that point. Um, and we did some TV interviews and stuff. And I love the behind the scenes. I don't think I ever really wanted to be on camera or behind the mic because when I was a radio DJ, I had mic fright. So as soon as that red blinking light came on, I had, you know, a panic attack or whatever. So I always kind of like the behind the scenes uh, stuff. So I went to East Tennessee State University, graduated with a broadcasting degree. Um, didn't get into motorsports per se. I got into theater. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just like motorsports, lots of drama. So, <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. I to, <laughs> so I did uh, work there for a little while, and then I got my job at Bristol Motor Speedway, and I worked there in their sales and marketing department um, for almost seven years, seven to eight years, and I worked under um, Jeff Berg, which was the greatest track president I've ever met, um, but he unfortunately passed away with brain cancer, um, but it was a tremendous loss to the sport because he was a true uh, promoter. He was, uh, you know, like Humpy Wheeler's known for doing bus races and cannonballs and all this other stuff. 
Jeff did it the right way as well. Um, he loved the fans and he treated us as employees like we were gold. Um, I've never met a man I wanted to work harder for. Um, so I worked there for seven years or so. And, um, but go back to my college days, I did do an internship with 10 in motorsports. So I don't know, that's a long time ago. People can remember TNN Motorsports, but I did the show uh, Race Talk with Eli Gold. And it comes, comes life comes full circle because um, I used to work with Eli here at the, at the network. So I met him once when I was in college and then came back around and, and got to work with him while he was here at MRN. So it come full circle, but that's kind of how I got into motorsports. Um, and it was hard for me, but to get in, uh, once you get on the list, uh, of camera crew or producers or whatever, you're on the list. But once you get your foot in the door, you just have to stay relevant and take jobs that you don't necessarily want to do. Like I was a grit. I didn't get paid, but maybe $40 or $70 a day. Um, but that's how I got my camera opportunity because, um, one of the camera guys didn't show up and the director was like, okay, you're on camera. And so, from that day on, I started becoming a camera person. So yeah, I had to do some jobs I didn't necessarily want to do um, to get where I am, but it paid off and made connections. And I still have some of those connections still today. That's really, the, I hear that so often. It's about the relationships you build. And, mm -hmm. and you know, I, uh, you know, Monica, we're both friends with Monica and uh, she is one of the people that I met as well. And, and through social media and she said the same thing you have to just be willing to do pretty much whatever they ask to build those relationships and then it's one step at a time she didn't go and you didn't either from graduating college to being the producer at mrn there's there's a lot of steps in between and you have to be willing to do that and sometimes you don't get paid no and but the thing the thing that i always held close to my heart was the experiences and the people you meet is worth more than the actual paycheck because eventually those connections and those relationships will pay off in the end um it's hard it's hard when you have to pay bills i understand that but when i was in college and stuff you know i uh, had student loans and stuff to help me float things around but i took gigs and didn't make anything like i worked on the kathy lee gifford show um, I think I might have made $40 that day, but it's actual paid experience so you can count it. But the connections and stuff and the, and the, the relationships and the, you know, making your face be relevant, you know, keeping your face in the game and your name in the game is part of working in this industry. Because once your name falls off that list, you're, you know, you're, you might as well just not even consider it anymore. Right. So why don't you tell us a little bit about, um, what does a producer at MRM do? Um, so I actually work on the video side. So to me, I get the most exciting job in motorsport. And fans being Jumbotron, um, producing the Jumbotron shows. Hang on a second. So all those big screens that you see at all the racetracks. Hang on, hang sure. on a second, because the for some reason the the sound isn't coming through very good. I'm gonna stop just for a second. Oh no, I'm gonna let it go because I can edit that. Hang on okay. just a second because 
I hang on. I'll be right back. I'm going to fix the internet. Okay. It's just not coming through very good. So don't go away. Stay right there. <laughs> okay. 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 Good. All right, we'll tr we'll we'll go back and I'll re-ask that question and hopefully it's it'll work better. Okay. All right, here we go. So, Stacy, as a producer at MRN, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about what what does that entail? What exactly do you do in your job? Right. Um, so, when you think of MRN, most people think the voice of NASCAR, meaning radio that MRN is so much more than just audio. We actually have a whole video department and it's growing uh, by leaps and bounds actually. What our number one product is, is producing the shows uh, on the jumbotrons for all the fans to see. So uh, I get to work with the drivers, that's great and all, but I like working with the fans because fans are so passionate and so much fun. Um, I don't mind working with the drivers, they're fun and everything, but you know, to me it's kind of hard because you're on it's their game day and they're about to go racing uh for a win the last thing they want to do is be on camera talking about you know and they get asked the same question like how, how do you feel about your car and all this other stuff and we try to be fun as well but it's really hard to approach them sometimes um for uh pre-race and stuff but that's what we get to do we get to show we're we're there from gates open all the way through uh victory lane celebration and then we actually are the ones that tell you uh, in the PA booth, drive safely and come back tomorrow. So we're there from gates open to gates closed. Like in Homestead, Friday was a 16-hour day for my crew. Um, and it's a long day. And then we're back at the Speedway by 10 a.m. on Saturday. So it's long days, um, but fun. We cover the practices and stuff. And we actually have, in Homestead, we had two cameras. But we actually have all the network feeds from NBC. So we cut our own show. So we, we have access to some of their cameras. And so we um, cut around, like when they go to commercial, we can't show those commercials inside the bowl. So we have a, a director in the truck, a uh, technical director that actually calls the shots. We have a producer in there that talks to the talent and I'm out in the field. So I'm a, like a field producer. Um, and that's fun because we get to do fun games and stuff during stage breaks. We, you know, have, have them name states and win games and all this good stuff. So part of my job is I, the joy is giving away prizes and stuff to these fans and especially kids mm -hmm. and just making their day. Um, Cause NASCAR's kind of got away from the, the tradition of NASCAR. So you really want to make a good impression on these younger kids, um, be passionate about it. Um, so it's really cool that we give away prizes and stuff and you see the, the kids just get so excited and um, they're like, this is my favorite race. I um, met a family from Canada uh, in Homestead and they pick a race every year and it's three generations of men and their little, their son um, was 10. And so he gets to pick any race he wants to go to that year and, and miss school. That was his favorite thing <laughs> was missing school. So they drove, they drove all the way from Canada to Homestead and he got to go to the Homestead race and they do that every year. It was a grandpa, a father and a son. 
And those are the kind of traditions and stories that a lot of fans don't get to see. Uh, a lot of people don't get to hear. But I just really thought that was cool that a family would do that for a son and tell him how important racing is to the, you know, to the world and everything. And uh, he talked about history and his little eyes just lit up, you know, talking about his favorite driver. And it was really cool to see that. You know, and those are the, those are the stories that I we love do. We, too, because you don't, as you said, nobody gets to hear that, you know, and, and I know you do play a lot of games with the fans and, and things. And that's how I actually met Monica um, in Daytona last year, but the, the Jumbotron folks, if you've never been on the Jumbotron, I can tell you that it makes you feel like you need to go home and start exercising and lose weight and everything because man, it's big. And we were on the Jumbotron in Michigan. It was like, whoa, that was a little <laughs> more than I was expecting, but that was so fun though, that it ended up that we were able to do that because yeah. everywhere we went the rest of the day, um, Lacey, who was our Lacey Caroline, who was our um, guest. She was our interviewer. And then, and myself and her mom, uh, mm -hmm. wherever Lacey and I went the rest of the day, they were like, oh, we saw you on the Jumbotron. I was like, oh yeah, that was me. <laughs> but it was kind of cool because yes. even the, the lady that was yeah. working, there was a lady working um, like where you come off an elevator up in the suites where you're not supposed to be, but that's where we were anyway. And she said, oh, I know who you are. I saw you too on the Jumbotron. And, and so it was, it was actually really a lot of fun. And it's probably fun yeah. also to come up with like the prizes and the games and stuff, you know, because you've got to be kind of creative, don't you? Yeah, yeah. We have to kind of, sometimes we, we say that we're just watching a train wreck and we're just trying to report on it and <laughs> make it fun. But um, a, lot of our, a lot of our job is just to, um, be your eyes and ears. Um, a lot of our job is to show fans in the grandstands that doesn't have pit access how much fun it is to be right in the middle of pre-race and getting to see those drivers up close and their families walking down the line and that kind of stuff. That's one of our major jobs is to enter entertain, number one, and then show you access that, you know, hey, you, you too can buy tickets and be down here and be a part of that. Um, it's one of those things that you can see on TV, but unless you're there at the track and you hear that the air wrenches and you smell the tires and, and there's like an excitement, there's not one race that during a green flag uh, at the start of the race that I haven't had the hair on my arms stand, not stand up um, or a flyover. Um, the best flyover I've seen in a while was Homesteads was really good, but Talladega had um, the bomber, the big black um, Air Force bomber fly over and I, I I said that day I, I could die a happy woman because nothing's more patriotic than a U.S. flyover in Talladega <laughs> and all those fans just went wild so that was fun but um, a lot of our stuff is just showing you what you can't normally see with your seat in the grandstand we'd like to show you behind the scenes um, and we we do educate folks on a little bit of racing. Our producer is more racing, and that's where we kind of equal each other out because I'm more about, hey, let's have fun, let's do this. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we need to tell them about who's ahead in points. And I'm like, who cares, <laughs> you know? But he kind of keeps it. He kind of keeps the competition lines going, and I'm kind of one of the sneaks in the fun and goofy stuff. So it's I, always I can it's always interesting. And yeah, I yeah for sure. And I can believe you're the one. I loved working. 
doing all the fun stuff because I, that's just your personality. And if people could see you right now, you got the biggest grin on your face and your eyes twinkle when you talk about it. And I, I agree, you know, the start of a race from the grandstand is one thing, but if you can be down in the infield or if you can actually be on pit road when that starts, there's nothing like it. And the flyovers, I totally agree with you that there's something about it that just chokes you up because you, you, you know, you see that stuff on TV, but it's just like going to a pro football game or watching it on TV. It's not the same. And, and people who've never been to a race, if they would just go to the infield and watch a race just once and, you know, just experience, like you said, the sights, the smells, the sounds. I, you know, I'm happy. Well, I was happy in Daytona this year. My husband and I sat in the infield and watched the, the screen. I don't know how big that screen is, but it's the biggest screen I've ever seen in my life. And we sat and watched the race on the screen. And, and yet I could look out to the right and I could see the cars going by or to the left. I could hear mm -hmm. them. I could see the pit stops but I still was watching it on the big screen. And so it's like the best of both worlds. You get the replays, you get all of that. And yet you have the whole like experience. And I always tell people, if you get a chance and you can afford to go in the infield, which they're making it more and more affordable too, I think. If you can do that just mm -hmm. once, try it. And you'll never sit in the grandstand again. I think you'll always go to the True. infield. Um. My first race uh, was with my ex-husband, and that's why it got me my job here at MRN. Um, I actually had went through a divorce in Tennessee and was working for Bristol, and he was in the uh, community quite a bit. So we kind of bumped into each other all the time. So it's kind of awkward, you know? It's a kind of a small town. So um, this job at MRN came op open, um, and the girl that actually ran the program she went to the same um, high school and stuff area than I did. And she also dated my cousin in high school. So there again, it's that connection. Mm -hmm. And the president of MRN was from Johnson City, Tennessee. He went to the same college I did. And so that helped me. And I actually interviewed right out of college. And I didn't get the job. And it crushed me because all I had said, I want to work for MRN. I want to work for MRN. I remember, and I'm a Southern Baptist, I'd go to the altar and pray, Jesus, please let me have this job. I'll do anything. I'll be the best Christian, blah, blah, blah. You know how you make deals with God. And I didn't get the job. I came in second. Um, but then that led me to be, you know, an employee at other places. And then I, uh, in April, I'll be here for 10 years. Wow. Uh, so I made a better employee by not getting the job the first time. I was green, you know, I'd had done internships and everything. And that's when they were based in Daytona. But um, I was green and I didn't have that much experience. Um, I didn't really understand the industry as much as I do now. Um, total altogether, I've been in racing for 22 years. So a lot of my time has been spent at a track. But my first race was at Bristol Motor Speedway. So that always will kind of and we set it on the concrete steps. They didn't have bleachers at that point. Um, and I'll never forget because I was a huge Mark Martin fan. And it was when he was running, I believe it was called the Bush Series. And he pitted. He thought he won the race. And he pitted a lap early. I remember that. And he thought he won. 
And I was like, what are you doing? But that was the, one of the first races that I can remember. Um, and it was so much fun. And we would go to the track, even the gates open at nine, we'd be at the track at seven. And we'd sleep in the car until the gates open, but it was an all day thing. And you tailgated and you did this and you did that. It was just so much fun. Um, but then, you know, like I sat in a suite one time and I was like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like it. It's just too quiet. Um, my mom, I got my mom tickets to go to the race. She had never been, um, well, she went to a race a long time ago, but not a NASCAR race. And she said in the box, it's what she called it, the box. And she, I walked up there to check on her and she was asleep oh. on the couch. And I said, mom, she goes, it's just too quiet in here, Stacy, in the constant little hum. And she said, it's just so quiet and comfortable in here. She goes, I don't even feel like I'm at a racetrack. And so I took her to the grandstands and I was like, okay, so here's where you need to sit. <laughs> right. I cannot imagine falling asleep at a NASCAR race, but I can see where if you were inside there, it is quiet, you know? Um, and no, that's not, I, I don't want to be there. I want to be down in the infield. Like I said, even if I have to watch on that big screen, there's nothing, there's just nothing like it. I just love it. Right. Yeah. But um, when I was little, my mom and dad, uh, from I'm from originally from Newport, Tennessee. And so they would take me to like Bulls Gap and watch dirt racing. They take me to Volunteer Speedway. But when I was a baby, they would take a cardboard box and put me in it. That was like my playpen. And I would spend all day Saturday in a cardboard box watching racing. <laughs> oh, my. So I kind of grew up watching that. And it's really strange sometimes to look at how much the sport has um, developed throughout the years. But that's kind of where I got the bug was actually seeing some NASCAR, I guess NASCAR home tracks, you know, and watching dirt racing and stuff like that. So yeah, from a cardboard box. <laughs> so, um, but it, it's been a, it's been a great ride. I love NASCAR. Uh, really excited to see what, where the sport goes. Absolutely. But new car, tracks, new car. Uh, coming now up. we have three uh, producers, like uh, two other ones like myself. Um, we've got the good ones, but nothing, nothing against Michigan, but I've got Homestead, uh, Martinsville, Richmond. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. New schedule. Uh, lots of different um, Poconos, a double header. You can see five me. We've got even IndyCar coming back to Richmond. Um, and Homestead got moved uh, to March, which is spring break um, time. And then uh, Phoenix got the championship. So we've got a lot of changes on the circuit this year. I can't wait to see how teams and drivers respond to it. You know, I love the, the idea of the doubleheader because I, I want to see as many races as possible on, on my dollar, you know? And so that's why I love speed week mm -hmm. because you can just go to races every day. And I think Pocono is going to be on my list this year for sure to get to. And then I love that Phoenix is having the championship because my daughters live there and that's the track that I've been to more than any other track. So that, that was just played right into my hands. I was super excited about that. 
Um, Phoenix also is going to work with me. We're going to have a, uh, an event there in March just for women. So the IWMA and the Phoenix track are going to partner together and we're going to hold an event just for women. So we're excited about that. And lots of, I've got lots of other tracks that are reaching out to me now and, and hopefully we'll have some events at some of those tracks where you're going to be. So, um, absolutely love it that yeah. the tracks are seeing that they need to provide something for women to, you know, have a little more interest and get more of those women involved. So, um, the women are there, they come to the races. There's a lot of women in the stands and everywhere you see, but, um, if we had something special just for them where they felt like they had a, you know, a part of the day and something. So that's what we're working on. So I'm real excited about that. So Stacy, tell me what's the, what's that's your really favorite good. part of the job? Um, I guess my favorite part of the job is that my job changes daily. It's not a normal routine, even though we've been to, you know, Richmond 20 times uh, since I've worked here. One sh the, the show is never the same because we can't predict the outcome and we can't predict the fans that we're going to get. So every event, I may work with the same track personnel, but every event is different. Um, the circumstances are different. Uh, the driver's attitudes are different. Um, so it's really a unique job. That's why I think I've been in it for so long is because there's not a normal routine, really. Uh, you can you can check all the boxes on your organization sheet and you're pretty much just uh, hoping to goodness that things fall in the right place because really we're live TV basically so we can't guarantee anything so uh, we can have the best plan going in but it's never boring um, I, I've never said God I'm bored at my job um, I don't know how you could get bored um, you know like some of the racing kind of gets a little eh, you know, I like I liked it when Mike Hilton said, have at it, boys. I thought we were going to get some really, you know, great side-by-side -side racing and putting people, you know, in the walls and stuff. But um, that's the kind of racing I grew up on was the aggression and the wrecking and the Dale, Earn Dale Earnhardt Seniors and those kind of things that were just relentless. Yeah. Um, but now it's more about competition of who can drive the car better. You know, you right. may have the fastest car, but you've got to learn how to – get the groove and all that other stuff. And that's just a different type of racing where, you know, Rubbin's racing. That's where I grew up was Bristol. Um, but it's a, it's a different sport now, but my job is never the same ever. <laughs> yeah. And that, that of course makes it very interesting, I'm sure. So do you have a story that if, you know, just the funniest thing or the funniest fans or something funny that's, that's happened that you'll be like, I'll never forget that. Oh, there's probably too many, too many, and I probably can't share 90% of them. Okay. <laughs> Some of them are X-rated. <laughs> and this is a, this is a, a good show, a family show. Um, but, you know, honestly, one of the things that left an imprint on me was when Bristol, uh, it, we, we were racing and it rained and the event was postponed till a Monday. The cleaning crew left just quit cleaning the stadium because they had worked friday saturday and sunday so they weren't going to clean since sunday night and i remember pulling up to work and i saw jeff bird 
with trash cans and shovels, shoveling out stuff from bathrooms. And everybody was hands on deck. And there's your president of your track. And he, he, he actually had tears in his eyes because he was ashamed of what the speedway looked like. And I was like, okay, so if the president's out here shoveling crap out of bathrooms and stuff to open them for the public, how much pride that meant to him. Mm -hmm. um, so he left such a huge imprint on my life. If it wasn't for him, um, he, he encouraged me to go get my master's. And then when I graduated with that, I started teaching marketing for the college that he was a, a board member at. He really influenced my life, but that was a huge impact personally uh, was having him as a leader and showing me that you've got to roll up your sleeves sometimes and you have to do the job that you don't want to do. But he said, he said the presidents of I'm going to do every job that I have to do to make this track great. And that has always been a professional and personal imprint. Um, but there's been tons of stories, funny stories. Um, I think the first time I ever met Bruton Smith, I ran a golf cart into a wall because <laughs> I saw him and I was like, oh gosh, that's Bruton Smith. And he, I was working for Bristol and I ran, I ran my golf cart right into the wall, right in front of him. And I thought I'm getting fired, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but there's just so many, um, so many different stories that, that it's to the point where I need to write a book. I need to do a tell all behind the scenes of NASCAR. I, I totally you know, agree. So. I think you do need to write that book and I think it'll be a bestseller because you know, you may have to do the, the names have been changed to protect the innocent, but, um, but that sounds, that sounds like a great idea for sure. <laughs> well, Stacy, I yeah. have yeah. really enjoyed talking to you but, today. Is there, is there anything that I haven't asked you about that you'd like to share with our listeners? My only thing is that whether you are a girl or a guy, don't ever let anybody tell you you can't do something um, just because I, I was growing up and I was a female trying to get into motorsports. The only females that were in motorsports were beautiful, you know, uh, car models or, or uh, trophy girls or, you know, on, on air. Um, I didn't really see a lot of uh, PR girls in the industry. I didn't see a lot of broadcast um, behind the scenes uh, ladies. But just because somebody says no, that just drove me even more to, to show them that, mm -hmm. hey, I can do this. Um, now, I get a little bit of a discrimination against because of my accent. People assume that I'm just a country hick, <laughs> but that's fine because like you said, I can kind of charm, I can charm uh, Ryan Newman. He can eat out of the palm of my hand because I smile and I make him feel comfortable. Um, that's part of my personality. But um, don't let people tell you that you can't do something. Um, always push. And if you believe in it, work hard, make those connections. Um, it'll pay off. Yeah, ab absolutely. Very good advice for anybody that's listening, no matter if they're in motorsports or not, because that's, that's true. You've got to go for your dreams and don't let anybody squash them for sure. So you know, Stacy, I just, I feel like we've known each other for a really long time. I feel like I can call you my friend and uh, I know I'm going to see you somewhere along the trail this summer because I've got lots of things in the works for some NASCAR tracks and 
definitely want to have you back as one of our panelists when we do some of that because you had a lot of good things to say when you were on with us before and I appreciate that you were willing to do that without even knowing me or ever having met me and and you took a chance on me and I appreciate that so um, just wanted to tell you thanks again keep doing what you're doing I love MRN listen to it all the time and um, any last words Nope, I'm just looking forward to the 2020 season and I hope everybody has a great holiday. All right. Well, thank you so much and we'll see, we'll see you. I think somebody on a serious radio keeps counting down the days. We're in the 70s, I think, days until the to the race. 75 so, days. 75 days. Yeah, until 75 the race. days. Yeah. So not that not that But long. we do the Jumbotron folks, we actually do Rolex 24 too. So oh. it's uh, January 25th till we're back to we're back in business again. So um, in the off season, we just plan for media day and uh, get everything ready for the next season. So it's not long. It's blink of an eye and it'll be here. That's for sure. And I, I'm excited. I'm ready for it. So um, thanks again. Happy holidays to you and your family as well. And we'll see you in 2020. Okay, thank you.